Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for following Jesus. My name's Tony. If we haven't met yet, I'm your host. I've been in the local church for over a decade, and now I work for this wonderful ministry called Spirit and Truth, which this podcast is a ministry of. I'm so excited to be here today. We believe that through intentional dialogue, intentional conversations, that we can help each other follow Jesus more closely. So I'm excited to jump into today's topic. If you find yourself lacking community, if you find yourself wondering about following Jesus, if you find yourself questioning whether or not you need to be surrounded by someone, this is the episode for you. We're going to dive into Hebrews, what it says all about community, why that's important, Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. We're going to talk about how to build some of those first steps in community, and we're going to talk about why it all matters. So I'm excited to jump into this dialogue with you. Hey, if you enjoy this conversation, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify, and the highest compliment you can give us share an episode with a friend. Speaking of friends, that's what we're talking about today. Why following Jesus is a team sport. You need people in your life to follow Jesus. It's so important. You cannot do this walk alone. And we're going to take a look at what Paul writes in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. It reads like this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess For we who have promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, if you've never studied the book of Hebrews, what you need to know is Paul is writing this letter to the community that is experiencing change, and what he's doing is the same thing that I'm trying to to do with you today. I'm trying to galvanize the promise and the resolve of the promise that is Christ. Look at what he says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Now, notice how he says in this place, most holy place. Now, when he talks about the most holy place, he's not talking about a building, but rather he's talking about a relationship. He's talking about the covenant of God opened up by the blood of Jesus. Matthew 27 says it in a similar way, verse 51. This is when Jesus dies on the cross. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, From top to bottom, the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection, and they went into a holy city and appeared to many people. Said another way, when the 
curtain ripped open because of the death of Christ, so did our access to the most holy place. It became a deep and personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus's very blood is what ripped it open and what changed everything. That's what we get to live into, right? We get to live into the change, the change in the relationship, the change from the church, uh, from being a building to being the body of believers, your community, right? That's the very thing that draws us close to Christ, that it's no longer about a holy space that we don't have access to. Instead, it's now about a relationship that we have easy access to because of Jesus. Paul says it like this, verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider verse 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Remember, guys, following Jesus is a team sport. You can't do it by yourself. Why? Because I need someone in my life to tell me when I'm not holding on to the hope we profess, right? I need someone to tell me when I'm outside of my mind, when I'm, I need someone to tell me what to spur me on when I'm being ridiculous. Guys, if you follow Jesus long enough, you're going to fall away. You're going to struggle. You're going to go through things and you need people, right? You need the help. You need the accountability to the gospel. And that accountability, those relationships in concert with the gospel transform us. They transform us. Why? Because the accountability that comes from the community is what pushes us out of our comfort zone. If you're really comfortable in the community, then we as a community are doing a bad job of helping you follow Jesus because Jesus wants to make you uncomfortable. Jesus was perfect. You and I, not perfect. The difference there is uncomfortable. That's what makes following Jesus hard. He's perfect example. I know I'm not a perfect example. And so that is a struggle, right? But the difference between where Jesus is and where I am is called grace. And we live in grace with expectation that God won't leave us there and the people that we surround ourselves with won't let us settle. Let me give you a great example. I um, mentioned in my last monologue episode about how I struggle with silence. I wouldn't be there if it weren't for my friend, Justin. Justin pushes me outside of my comfort zone routinely, right? He pushes me outside of my comfort zone in a way that I can never do on my own. And I love that about him. Is it sometimes a pain in the rear end? Yes, yes. But to be clear, I don't want to be in a community that lets me stay where I am. Let me say that again because somebody probably needs to hear that today. I don't want to be in a community that lets me stay where I am. And, and my prayer for you and our reclamation community is that you won't stay there either. You won't stay there either. Right? I want to love you so much that I'm not going to leave you where you are. Right? Community is so important because it gives us the ability to go places we would never go. When Jesus sends out the 72 in the Gospel of Luke, he does so in pairs because they can go further when we're partnered together. And yet more and more I see 
a lot of Christians struggle with this idea of community. And it's because isolation is a good default. Isolation is easy. Isolation and lack of accountability is what the culture tells us is expected, right? And just to be clear, Instagram, although I love it, follow me at TWMilt. It's not a good community. Facebook, love it. Get connected with us on the Spirit and Truth Facebook group. It's not the same as a community. A community, a Christian community, has to be a place where we push each other to follow Christ, right? This is what we call the church. The church challenges the Christian, and challenging the Christian is challenging the individual. It's a personal challenge, right? This is the goal for all of us, that we have this community that won't let us go back to where we were, but rather walks with us to this new place that brings us closer to Christ. When Paul talks about community in Hebrews 10, he talks about this idea about spurring one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. I love the imagery of the spur from a cowboy standpoint. Now, I'm not a cowboy, but I know some. And one of the things about a spur is it literally brings pain in order to get the horse to go faster. Like a little kick of the spur is designed to give you a little jolt. Community shouldn't be absent of pain. Community shouldn't be absent of pain. Instead, what it does is it pushes us to a place we would never go so that we can have experience with Christ that we would never have before. It's also why it's so important to be intentional about your community. Because if you're not surrounding yourself with people who have the same goals, right? As Paul says, love and good deeds. If you're not around people who have love and good deeds, then someone's going to spur you in a direction that you don't want to go. That's really important. You've heard it said, I'm sure, that we're the sum of the five people that we surround ourselves with. Famous quote, we've all quoted it. Man, that's true in our faith. We're the sum of the five people in our faith walk that we surround ourselves with. So if, if you're a leader in the church and you're not surrounding yourself with people who are also spiritually mature, then you'll end up becoming immature. If you're growing in the church, you should strive to be around those mature Christians. It's crazy to think that when Jesus did his ministry on earth, he did it for three years in community. He did not give up meeting. Imagine all the things Jesus could have done if he didn't have to stop and explain everything to the disciples. So much time in the gospel, we see him stopping to explain, stopping and explaining. He's almost frustrated with them over and over again. But Jesus is modeling for us something that we have to hold on to, which is Jesus following Jesus is a team sport. You can't do it by yourself. So if you're like, okay, Tony, you've convinced me. I'm all in on community. What do I do next? Listen, good community, it's intentional and it's relational, right? It's intentional and relational, meaning that you gather for the purpose. I'm on a couple of sports teams where my sons are, my daughter is, and they gather for an intentional purpose. We have to do the same thing. So I meet with a group of pastors. We're called band meeting. It's out of our Wesleyan tradition. That band meeting is an intentional practice. We show up. So find some guys and just ask them, Hey, listen, I'm trying to grow in my faith. Do you want to grow with me? I know. So simple. A little awkward, yes. But it's a really great place to start. Be intentional with the ask. Okay, that's the first thing. Be relational. So when we talk about relational, that's two different areas. One is uh, 
like the time that we get together to talk about our faith, right? That's that's relational, but also another time called uh, what we call with him time, where we just hang out. So here's a great example. I'm in a discipleship group and we meet at the gym and sometimes we get together just to hang out and uh, cook out or whatever. Right? We, we're planning that this summer. We're get together time. Sometimes we go to breakfast together and it's not as focused as it is when we're reading a book together or looking at scripture together. That's the difference. So it's intentional, right? It's relational. And, and then the last part is there's a commitment level, right? Oftentimes we lower the bar of commitment in order to let more people in. I want to challenge you to raise the bar of commitment so that we can get more intimate in our relationships, right? So it's intentional, it's relational, and it's committed. Intentional, relational, committed. When we talk about your community, now we're not talking about uh, anything else. We're just talking about community. It's a really great place to start. Friends, remember, following Jesus is a team sport. Don't try to do this alone. Surround your people. If you need help, look me up on Instagram. I'll see what I can do to help. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your church leadership. They want to put you in community because they know, as I do, that following Jesus is a team sport. Guys, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for this text in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 25. Go read it on your own. Study it. Pray about it. See what the Lord's telling you. I'd love to hear your feedback. Look me up on Instagram at TWMilt, T-W-M-I-L-T. Um, feedback is always warmly welcome. I'm thankful for you guys. Next week, we're back with two fresh new podcast episodes. The best way to make sure you don't miss a single one. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember, guys, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move in community.